Welcome to Shooting for the Stars, a podcast series brought to you by Southern Cross Business Advisors, helping our clients identify and achieve their life goals. I accept that I've probably been a pain in the ass for the Prime Minister, but um, I'm here to fight for workers and for businesses right across the state. Commonwealth support from the federal government to people in New South Wales will be running at around about three quarters of a billion a week. Some choice words there from New South Wales Treasurer Dominic Perrottet, but in times like these, I'm sure it's a three quarters of a billion dollar a week pain in the ass. Prime Minister Scott Morrison is more than willing to endure. Louis Bulzami here for the Southern Cross Business Advisors Shooting for the Stars podcast. This is our third episode in our series of COVID-19 financial support episodes for individuals and businesses. It is New South Wales's turn this week to have the light shone on the support packages that have been announced all the way through their ongoing lockdown in Greater Sydney and now extended to parts of regional New South Wales as well. We expect the Greater Sydney lockdown to end on the 28th of August. However, given the way the case numbers are going, it's anyone's guess as to whether that will actually happen. And so if there is any more support that's announced beyond that date, we will, of course, be all over it and we'll let you know accordingly. So let's get straight into it. At the moment, there are three different types of payments available under the overall COVID-19 business support package for New South Wales businesses. The first of those is the COVID-19 business grants. It was a one-off payment to cover the first three weeks of the Greater Sydney lockdown. That has since been replaced by JobSaver, which is still ongoing and will continue to run until the official end of the Greater Sydney lockdown. So even if the lockdown gets extended beyond the 28th of August, JobSaver will still be in play and the money will still flow in. And there's also the micro business grant, which is an absolute boon for those very small businesses that don't meet the minimum annual turnover threshold of $75,000 and are not registered for GST, something that the Victorian government themselves have admitted to dropping the ball on with their own support in the past. Just like last week, I'll take you through the chronology of all of the announcements made to date plus expand on the eligibility criteria, the most vital part, depending on which grant you're applying for, and where applicable, take you through the step-by-step process on how to apply via the Services New South Wales website. So let's take you back to that lifetime ago where it was the early days of the Greater Sydney lockdown and there was still some semblance of hope that you may have been able to come out of it within a week or two. Yeah, wishful thinking, I know. Back on the 29th of June, when the COVID-19 business grant was first announced. Now, the amounts of the grants based on your decline in turnover have changed since then. However, the crux of the overall program has remained the same. Here's the Treasurer, Dominic Perrottet. Uh, In relation to today's package, I want to say that continues to focus on keeping businesses in business uh, and people uh, in jobs. And I know and I want to thank all the industry leaders and business leaders uh, who have been working very closely with us uh, over the last 72 hours to put this package together. Uh, Importantly, uh, the support package today covers the entire state. Uh, It is not simply limited to hotspot areas in metropolitan Sydney. Uh, We know uh, that many businesses and individuals uh, in regional New South Wales are also going through a difficult time, uh, particularly in circumstances uh, where this lockdown period um, has occurred during uh, the holiday season. Uh, So in terms of the details today, uh, the New South Wales Government will be providing uh, individual payments uh, to uh, small businesses uh, with full-time employees, up to 20, 
uh, full-time employees or having payrolls up to 1.2 million with turnover of over $75,000 a year, and that includes sole traders. Uh, a payment of $10,000 if there's a turnover reduction of 75%. If there's a turnover reduction of 50%, a $7,000 payment, and there's a turnover reduction of 30%, a $5,000 payment. Uh, this payment will also be um, available to tourism, hospitality and, accom and the accommodation sector uh, with payrolls of up to $10 million, who we know have been significantly disrupted uh, during this period of time. So that was the original version of the COVID-19 business grant, which had differing eligibility criteria depending on which industry you're in. So if you're in hospitality and tourism, you're afforded a payroll threshold of up to $10 million as at the 1st of July 2020, and no limit on how many full-time equivalent employees you had on your books. For all other businesses that were eligible for the grant, the payroll tax threshold was limited to the New South Wales Government 2020-2021 payroll tax threshold of $1.2 million as at the 1st of July 2020, and you also needed to have fewer than 20 full-time equivalent employees. Now, of course, that has all since changed. That announcement was made with the knowledge at the time that the lockdown was due to end on Friday the 16th of July. And we know that didn't happen. So on the 13th of July, Treasurer Perrottet not only remodeled and refined the existing grant, but he also expanded on it and added extra support in conjunction with the grant. Here he is. In addition to um, this program today, uh, we're also announcing a further expansion and extension uh, to our small business grants. Uh, they will increase um, and access to those will be expanded uh, for businesses uh, with payrolls of up to $10 million. Uh, we will also be deferring pa all payroll tax uh, liabilities uh, for the next two months. Um, and for those businesses uh, with a reduction in turnover of, uh, a reduction in turnover of 30%, which are under $10 million in payrolls, we will completely waive payroll tax uh, for the first quarter um, this year. Well, of course, it's always handy to receive any form of tax relief wherever you can, and payroll tax is certainly no exception. So I'll just quickly touch on that before going back to the COVID-19 business grant. So all businesses in New South Wales can opt in to defer payments on their 2020 and 2021 annual reconciliation return, and any wages paid in July and August. Now, the deferral of the annual reconciliation, which was due on the 28th of July, along with the July and August monthly payroll tax instalments, which were due on the 7th of August and 7th of September, respectively, can all be deferred until the 7th of October, 2021. And if you're still finding that things are difficult by that stage and you're experiencing financial hardship, you can enter into an interest-free repayment plan for up to 12 months. So that's for any business that pays payroll tax in New South Wales. Now, for those businesses who pay payroll tax but have a wages bill of less than $10 million and experience a 30% decline in turnover, and I'll touch on the turnover test periods and alternative test periods later on, they will receive a full 25% waiver of their payroll tax bill for the 2022 financial year. So you won't have to pay a single cent on a quarter of your overall payroll tax bill this financial year if you meet that eligibility criteria. Now, back to the COVID-19 business grant. So eligible businesses, including non-employing businesses, such as non-employing sole traders, and not-for-profit organisations can apply for one of three separate tiers of grants. 
So tier one is $7,500 for businesses that have experienced a decline in turnover of 30% or more due to the public health order. Tier two is $10,500 for businesses that have experienced a decline in turnover of 50% or more. And tier three is $15,000 for businesses that have experienced a decline in turnover of 70% or more. Now, eligible businesses may only apply for one grant tier. So you're probably thinking, well, I've experienced more than 70% decline in turnover, so shouldn't I get $33,000? I am eligible for all three tiers. No, 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 not allowed, I'm afraid. Just tier three for you. So only the $15,000, not the full $33,000. But still, $15,000, better than seven and a half at least. Now, only one application can be submitted for a single ABN, and that seems fair. That's pretty easy to understand. But the following could catch a few businesses out. Only one application is permitted where there are multiple businesses under a single ABN. So, for example, if you're in hospitality and you have five separate venues, but they all operate under the one ABN, so under the one entity structure, then unfortunately, you can only apply for one grant for the whole lot. So, say you were eligible for the $15,000 grant, you'd only receive $15,000, not $75,000. If each of those venues had have had their own separate ABNs, then there was the potential to apply five times. So that's pretty unfortunate in that sense, but that's the way it is. I guess they've got to draw the line somewhere. Now, in terms of the standard eligibility criteria, you need to have an ABN and been operating primarily in New South Wales as at the 1st of June 2021. You need to have total annual Australian wages of $10 million or less as at the 1st of July 2020, you need to have an aggregated annual turnover. So that's the total sum of revenue that you bring in from all related businesses between $75,000 and $50 million, inclusive of GST, for the year ended 30th of June 2020. And you need to have business costs for which there is no other government support available. So no other grants that you access in relation to certain costs can be received if you are going for this particular grant. And that one's a bit easier said than done, so you'd probably would be best to contact Service New South Wales directly to get further clarification on that one. Now, naturally, new business owners who only just started operations after the 1st of July 2020 and are listening to that thinking, well, it doesn't sound like I'm eligible at all, but I've also been impacted, what's the go? Don't worry, there are alternative circumstances that have been accounted for by the New South Wales government and I'll touch on what you can do later on in the episode because that particular alternative criteria does also apply to JobSaver and the Micro Business Grant. So after I've covered those two particular programs, then I'll get to the overall alternative circumstances that you can then access in order to apply for the grants that you're eligible for. Now, to calculate your total annual Australian wages, you either need to use the grouping rules for payroll tax purposes set out by Revenue New South Wales if they have grouped you accordingly, or if you haven't been grouped yet, you use the provisions set out in the New South Wales Payroll Tax Act. That is vitally important, but not as vitally important as the make or break criterion, the turnover test period, and the comparative test period that you use. So the turnover test period runs from the 26th of June, 2021 to the 17th of July, 2021. So 22 days in length. 
and it's any minimum two-week period within that time frame. So minimum 14 days, but it can be 15, 16, 17. It can be the full 22 if you so wish, as long as it's two consecutive weeks at minimum that you use as your turnover test period to determine your decline in turnover in comparison with either of the same period in 2019 or the same period in 2020 or the two-week period immediately before the Greater Sydney lockdown commenced, which was from the 12th of June 2021 to the 25th of June 2021. So you've got a few options there to play with to determine your ironically best outcome, I guess. Not great. (laughs) Obviously, it'd be your worst outcome. You know that. But best outcome in terms of being able to get the particular tier of grant that you're after. Now, if you're a business that's located on the New South Wales-Victorian border, also known as a southern border business, and you were severely impacted by the Victorian lockdown that was in place in May and June, then you have the ability to choose your two-week period from any time between the 27th of May 2021 until the 17th of July 2021. So you get an extra 30 days on top of other New South Wales businesses to determine that minimum two weeks or three weeks or maybe the full 52 days to apply your turnover test in comparison with the exact same period in 2019 or the same period in 2020 or the two-week period immediately before the Victorian lockdown commenced. So that's from the 13th of May to the 26th of May. Now, the definition of a southern border business is a business that has an ABN registered in or is physically located and primarily operating in one of the following local government areas. Albury, Balranald, Berrigan, Bega Valley, Edward River, Federation, Greater Hume Shire, Hay, Murray River, Murrumbidgee, Snowy Monaro, Snowy Valleys or Wentworth. So the vast majority of those are in the current New South Wales-Victoria border bubble. So that probably makes things a little bit easier. Unfortunately, Hay has been excluded from that in recent times. Thanks, Dan Andrews. But yes, if you are a business that is located within one of those local government areas, then you have a larger turnover test period within which you can pick out your minimum two weeks from. Now, a couple of other important things to note for non-employing businesses, so your sole traders, sole directors of a company, et cetera, et cetera, partnerships, that sort of thing that don't have any employees on the books, The business that receives the payment must be the primary income source for the associated person making the claim. Now, if you've got more than one non-employing business under your umbrella, then you can only claim payment for one business. Remember, it goes back to the single ABN rule. And if you do employ people, then you need to maintain your employee headcount from the 13th of July 2021 while going for this grant and also to be eligible to receive JobSaver. Now, if you cannot maintain that headcount, you need to notify Service New South Wales and tell them why. Now, if it's just part of your ordinary course of business, for example, you, you let staff go or you terminate or someone resigns, that kind of thing, and it lowers your headcount accordingly, but it would have happened anyway, regardless of COVID-19, then that should be fine. But if you are standing employees down or you're letting them go because the effects of COVID-19 and the restrictions and lockdown are really crippling you and that's the sole reason why you're letting staff go, then unfortunately that may work against you in relation to actually receiving the money that's meant to help you. So make sure if you are in need of cutting employees loose that you do think about why it's happening and would it have happened without COVID-19 in existence 
And of course, make sure you do notify Service New South Wales and give them those reasons accordingly. Okay, now the fun part, taking you through the application. To begin, fire up your web browser and then type in service.nsw.gov.au and that'll take you to the Service New South Wales homepage. Go down to where it says Highlights and then click COVID-19 Help for Businesses. In that next page, you'll see the 2021 COVID-19 Business Grant. Thankfully, it's the first option there. That makes that nice and easy. So you click on that and then you'll see the red Apply Online button. Now, it will ask you to log into your Service New South Wales account. If you've never created one before, don't worry, you can create one on the spot. And as part of the verification process, they'll ask you to prove your identity via your Australian driver's license. It doesn't have to be a New South Wales driver's license. That's a good thing. And your Medicare card. So once you've done that and it's all verified, you can then begin your application. So step one is just effectively just double-checking your contact details, so your personal details and your residential address and things like that. Then you go to step two, the eligibility page. So you put in your ABN and the address of your impacted business. So you've got to make sure it is a New South Wales address because if it's not, then this application and this grant is not for you. After you've done that, you then answer the following questions. Does your business primarily earn passive income such as rent, interest or dividends, etc.? If you say yes to this, then you cannot go any further. You'll be ineligible. If you say no, keep going. Was your business's aggregated annual turnover between $75,000 and $50 million inclusive of GST for the year ended 30th of June 2020? If that's a yes, then no worries. If it's no, then you'll get five options as to why that is not the case. So you need to select which of the following best apply to your business. Either the business was not operating for the full financial year of 2019 to 2020. The business began operating between the 1st of July 2020 and the 1st of January 2021. Due to the impact of natural disasters during 2019 and 2020, such as the bushfires, the business's turnover was not representative of its usual annual turnover. During June and July 2019, the business's turnover was not representative of its usual annual turnover or... The dreaded none of the above. And if you click the dreaded none of the above, it's a bit like the kiss of death when it comes to footy tipping. Eh, you're not going to win all that often. And in fact, you won't win this time because you'll get the big red notification. Sorry, we can't process with your application. So one of the other four options would have to apply in that case and then you'll be invited to then provide evidence. Other questions to finish off before proceeding to step three. Were your business's total annual Australian wages of $10 million or less as at 1st of July 2020? You've got to say yes to that. Now, if your business was not open at 1st of July 2020, you are allowed to say yes to that question. During the 1st of June 2021 to the 17th of July 2021, did your business have business costs, for example, utilities, wages and rent, for which there was no other government assistance available? Again, you've got to say yes. And the final question, does your business have employees? If you say yes, then you'll be invited to declare the employee headcount as at the 13th of July, 2021. Will your business maintain your employee headcount as at the 13th of July, 2021 for the period for which your business is receiving this grant payment and or payments from the Job Savers Scheme? Again, you need to say yes. And it will give you the important blue notice that you will need to notify Service New South Wales if your business's employee headcount declines over the period 
for which your business is receiving this grant payment and payments from the Job Saver Scheme due to any actions of your business. Now, if you say no to the question, does your business have employees, you'll then get asked, is the income from this business your primary source of income? You've got to say yes to that. And did your business receive the Australian Government COVID-19 disaster payment between the 26th of June and 17th of July? You've got to say no to that. If you did, then this program is not for you. You're going to have a hard time going further. Otherwise, you'll have to pay the COVID-19 disaster payment back. And it's not always a fun experience whenever you have to pay back a Centrelink-related debt to Services Australia, believe me. A couple of other important things to note before moving on to step three. When you start typing in your ABN or your business name or ACN, your Australian company number, it'll start to create a drop-down list accordingly based on what you have actually typed into that point in time. So... Eventually, you'll find the one that's linked to you, whether it's your name if you're a sole trader or if you're a partnership or a company, whatever the legal name is that's attached to the ABN or ACN. Click on that and then it'll give you a little snapshot of the details associated with it. So ABN status, so how long it's been active for, the entity type and the GST status. Now, if any of that's incorrect, you've got the ability to change and put in the correct details and make sure that you've got the right ABN linked to you that you're applying for. Now, as far as your address is concerned, if your ABN is registered outside of New South Wales, you'll get a little blue notice that will say you will need to provide evidence your business was physically located and operating in New South Wales as at 1st of June 2021. A copy of one of the following documents is required, so either a rates notice or a lease agreement that has your business name or your own name on it. If you don't have the above documents, you will need to upload at least two of the following documents. Utility bills, insurance papers, supply invoices, registration papers, or contractor licenses. So keep that in mind. Okay, moving on to step three, the supporting information step. First question is blatantly obvious. Did you experience a decline in turnover of at least 30%? You say no to this question, then why the hell are you bothering wasting your time? Seriously. I mean, good luck to you if you didn't experience a decline in turnover. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Of course not. But that's not why you're here, obviously. It's because you have experienced a decline in turnover. So say yes to this question. Make sure you do. Then you go on to plug your figures in. So what was your business's turnover for a minimum of two weeks between the relevant dates apply to you. So if you're a Southern Border business, the 27th of May 2021 to the 17th of July 2021. For any other business in New South Wales, the 26th of June 2021 to the 17th of July 2021. So you put a figure in there accordingly. Then what was your business's turnover for the same period in either 2019, 2020 or the two weeks immediately before your turnover test period started? So you put that figure in It'll calculate your declining turnover and then it'll say, based on declining turnover, it looks like your business may be eligible for a one-off grant payment of up to whatever the amount is. $7,500 if the turnover decline is from 30 to 49%, $10,500 if it's from 50 to 69% and $15,000 if it's 70% or more. Now, the next question, does your business employ a qualified accountant, registered tax or BAS agent? That's an interesting one. Now, I would think that 
based on the general definition of the word employee, that would mean that your business actually has an accountant, registered tax or registered BAS agent on your books. So you would say yes in that instance, but if you don't have an accountant that you actually employ or a registered tax or BAS agent, but you do contract an external accountant, registered tax agent or BAS agent, for example, us, Southern Cross Business Advisors, then you would say no to that question. So just um, bear in mind that particular little curveball when it comes to that particular question there. After that, you'll then be invited to upload the supporting evidence, first of all, to demonstrate your aggregated annual turnover, you'll need an Australian income tax return or other documentation that can demonstrate your business has had an aggregated annual turnover of between $75,000 and $50 million inclusive for the year ended 30th of June 2020. Now, of course, if you weren't in operation for that full year, you would supply evidence that can at least show that if you had existed then, then you would fit that turnover criteria. Now, with regards to the tax return, you can choose to redact, in other words, hide your tax file number. So you don't have to submit that to Service New South Wales. That can remain confidential if you so wish. And in the absence of a tax return or in addition to a tax return, you can submit the following forms of evidence. An accountant's letter, prior business activity statements, income tax declarations, or audited profit and loss statements in order to demonstrate the aggregated turnover. And speaking of demonstrate, that's what you'll need to do for your decline in turnover by submitting a letter from a qualified accountant, registered tax agent or registered BAS agent confirming that your business has had the decline in turnover that you are declaring. However, if your business operates in one of the highly impacted industries that's on Service New South Wales's list, then you don't have to provide such hardcore evidence. You can merely declare that you have suffered the decline in turnover and instead of an accountant's letter, you will just supply evidence that your business is in a highly impacted industry. So what you need to do there is check the detailed guidelines of this grant as well as JobSaver and the micro business grant and go down the bottom where it says attachment A, the highly impacted industries list. This is on the Service New South Wales website and in the guidelines of the particular grant you're applying for, for example, this COVID-19 business grant, and you'll see the extensive list of industries that are highly impacted along with the ANZIX code. So, for example, accommodation food services, uh, ANZIX code 4530, clubs, hospitality, ANZIX code 4400, accommodation, 4520, pubs, taverns and bars, etc., etc. So your best bet there would be to log into the Australian Business Register and then pull up the details of your ABN and the ANZIX code that is linked to your ABN. Check that the ANZIX code matches one of the codes that's on the highly impacted industries list and submit that as evidence instead of the accountant's letter and that should hopefully get you through. I'm not going to guarantee it'll get you through, but it should be able to suffice in lieu of an accountant's letter. However, you will be required to submit details of your accountant, registered tax agent or BAS agent for possible compliance checking. And finally, to wrap up step three, you need to demonstrate that your business is physically located and operating in New South Wales as at the 1st of June 2021. This is certainly the case if your ABN is linked to another state. So you'll need to provide a copy of one of the following documents, which must 
be within the last three months. It has to have a date that's within the last three months of the application, a commercial rates notice or a lease agreement. And in the absence of either of those, then you need to upload at least two of the following documents. Utility bills, insurance papers, supply invoices, registration papers, or contractor licenses. So once you've covered all those bases, you can proceed to step four, which is the best step of the lot given the circumstances. The step where you put in your bank details so that you can get paid. So very easy, your account name, BSB, and account number for which the payment goes into. Then the final step is simply just going back and reviewing what you've put in. So you double check everything, go through it all. If you've got to go back and edit anything you can, then once you've done all that, tick the declaration box which says I have read and accepted terms and conditions and acknowledge the privacy statement. Authorised to apply on behalf of the business and declare that the information you've provided in this application is, to the best of your knowledge, true, accurate and complete. And you consent to Service New South Wales providing the business's ABN to the Department of Customer Service, which is Revenue New South Wales, to check if the business is registered for payroll tax, if that fits the criteria in that sense. Uh, you consent to Service New South Wales, DCS, Revenue New South Wales, Create New South Wales, the Commonwealth Government and or New South Wales Treasury disclosing to each other the information, including personal information you've provided for the purposes of administering or reporting on the program. So you've got to tick that box. Second last one, you declare that this business or organisation will maintain the current headcount as provided in this application for as long as it receives 2021 COVID-19 business grants. So even if you're not employing anybody, just tick that box anyway, because I think it does show up in your application. Even if you're not an employing business, just tick it regardless, because your headcount's going to be one in that instance. And then finally, you understand that it's an offence under the Crimes Act 1900 New South Wales to provide false or misleading information to a public authority. You get a little orange warning down the bottom. Once you submit this application, the information provided will be assessed. Any suspected instances of fraud will be investigated and if necessary, your details will be passed on to the relevant authorities. So <laughs> be careful before you hit that red submit button to make sure that everything you're putting in is true and correct and you're not trying to deceive the government. Be very careful about that. And then that's it. The application's done. So congratulations, you got through that process. Now, if you're not ready to apply just yet, that's okay. You've still got until 11.59pm on the 13th of September 2021 to get your application in. So you've still got a bit of time up your sleeve. Now, if you've been playing along throughout the entire pandemic, you would have noticed that Prime Minister Scott Morrison has an affection for using the word job as a prefix in front of a word that ends with the letter R. We've had job seeker, which is the replacement for the old Newstart allowance, the ever so popular job keeper, which was the primary financial support mechanism used by the Commonwealth Government in 2020 and early this year, We've got Job Maker, which is the Job Maker Hiring Credit Scheme, an incentive for businesses to employ additional young job seekers aged 16 to 35 years. And now, for New South Wales only, we've got Job Saver. Here's the Prime Minister, and once again, Treasurer Perrottet. The other thing we have agreed to do, and, and cost share 50-50, which the Premier and the Treasurer will go into more detail on, is to provide a direct payment to businesses up to a turnover of 50 million a, a year. Um, that payment will be made. It's modelled on the program we did with the cash flow boost last year, which you'll remember we made payments of between 10,000 and 50,000 
over a three month period. But the payments that we'll be making to businesses of up to 50 million are $1,000 for sole traders. And then payments of between $1,500 and $10,000 per week, per week paid on a fortnightly basis um, to businesses of that order. And uh, those payments have a maximum, as I said, of $10,000 and payments can be made up to 40% of turnover. So for the, the businesses that are much smaller, um, they will receive a minimum of $1,500 and uh, then it goes at 40% of your payroll, I should say, not turnover, of your payroll amount, and then it maxes out at $10,000. Uh, the package that uh, we've developed uh, we believe provides support for every worker, for every business right across the state. Uh, I want to join the Premier in thanking the Prime Minister uh, and the Federal Treasurer for the constructive and cooperative way uh, that we've worked through the details um, of this cash booster scheme, which will provide important cash flow uh, to businesses to ensure we keep as many workers in work and as many businesses uh, going during this period of time. An important part of this package is to ensure that those businesses who access um, this payment uh, will also be required not to reduce their headcount. Uh, we want to keep as many workers uh, in work during this period of time. The New South Wales economy is stronger today than it was before the pandemic. We've always said we'll prioritise the economy before the budget. Uh, we have done that and that's ensured the economy is stronger, that more people are in work than when the pandemic began. Uh, and that's where we'll be uh, once uh, we get through this difficult time as well. Those announcements were made on the 13th of July in the wake of Premier Gladys Berejiklian's announcement that Greater Sydney would be plunged into a further two weeks of lockdown up to the 30th of July. Now, just checking the calendar here as of this recording, it's the 12th of August and fair to say we've gone a little bit past that particular date, haven't we? So as a result, just like the COVID-19 business grant before it, JobSaver has had a makeover. On the 29th of July, after it was revealed that Greater Sydney would have another four weeks of lockdown to endure with, at least, Prime Minister Scott Morrison came back out and announced further changes to JobSaver in terms of which businesses are eligible on a turnover basis and how much they'll receive a week maximum. Here's the Prime Minister. And our measures of support are never set and forget. All states and territories, together with the Commonwealth, are working closely as we're adjusting how we're dealing with this Delta strain, how we're adjusting on the ground when it comes to the way lockdowns are being put in quick and effective as we've seen and those states come out of it, but also to learn the lessons and ensure that we're giving every support we can to the ongoing situation in New South Wales. Now, I can confirm what the Premier and the Treasurer in New South Wales have already said. Um, over the course of the last several days, indeed up to a week, the federal government has been working on a program of additional support that may have been required should Sydney have gone into a further lockdown. That meant last night we were able to bring to the table uh, the enhanced measures that we were able to agree last night. And I thank the Premier in New South Wales and the Treasurer uh, for the cooperative way we've worked together once again. We did it several weeks ago when we announced the initial package and we've worked together again to provide this increased support which would see uh, business cash flow initiative um, extending out to businesses of 250 million turnover, maximum payments of 100,000, um, up to 40% uh, of turnover, and a minimum payment of $1,500 for 
uh, to those smaller businesses. I also don't want people to forget that there's a $1,000 a week payment to sole traders as well. So those individual sole traders who are out there may not be incorporated. The support was there in the initial package for you as well. This support dates back to the 18th of July. Uh, that means that 460,000 um, companies and 3 million employees of those companies will be supported uh, through this direct support. It's necessary. The, uh, the lockdown is going into a further month and that means we need to continue to press forward in providing that support. Okay, so you know how they said before that it was a maximum of $10,000 per week? Scratch that. Add another zero to it. You know how they also said that the maximum annual aggregated turnover was $50 million? Again, forget it. Add a two in front of it. They're the main changes to JobSaver. Everything else has remained the same. So this now picks up where the COVID-19 business grant left off. So from the 18th of July onwards, think about it in terms of like a relay. Uh, the baton has now been passed on by the COVID-19 business grant to the JobSaver scheme and it will now run with it until the end of lockdown, whenever that may be. So in terms of the eligibility criteria, it's very similar to the COVID-19 business grant. You need to have an ABN and been operating in New South Wales on the 1st of June, 2021. Aggregated turnover between $75,000. That's still a minimum of $75,000 in turnover. Now the maximum though has increased fivefold to $250 million, including GST. It's still for the year end of 30th of June, 2020, but of course for new businesses, there are alternatives you can use to prove that turnover. As far as the decline in turnover is concerned, there's no longer a three-tier system. There's no 70% or 50% requirement to get higher payments. It's just 30% or more of a decline in turnover in order to qualify. So in terms of the turnover test period, it starts from the 26th of June, just like the previous grant did. However, for southern border businesses, you no longer have that 27th of May to 25th of June extended period that you can use to determine your decline in turnover. Forget that. It's now for you as well from the 26th of June onwards. Now, given that the lockdown is obviously still happening and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of confidence that it will end on the 28th of August as it's currently scheduled to do, then the minimum two weeks that you want to choose, the minimum 14-day consecutive period, can go deeper into August if you so wish, if that's how the numbers sort of fall into place. Or if the lockdown does get extended into September, then you've got September to fall back on as well. So it's any minimum two-week period. It can be three, can be four weeks, whatever it might be, as long as it's a minimum of two weeks, 14 days, from the 26th of June up until however long this lockdown goes for. The comparative periods, just like the previous grant, the same period in 2019, the same period in 2020, or the two-week period immediately before the Greater Sydney lockdown commenced, so from the 12th of June to the 25th of June. Just like the previous grant for employing businesses, they need to maintain that employee headcount as at the 13th of July, 2021. And for non-employing businesses, the business that receives the payment needs to be the primary source of income for the associated person. Now, anyone who primarily earns passive income is ineligible, straight up. And there are also other specific businesses, mainly government-associated businesses, that are also ineligible. If you read the guidelines on the website, you just gotta look at attachment B for that full list there. 
Now, here's something that's quite interesting. Employees can receive the COVID-19 disaster payment even if their employer is receiving JobSaver. And you're probably thinking, well, how can that happen? How is that possible? Well, if you compare it with the old JobKeeper and JobSeeker that ran in tandem with it, there are a few distinct differences. First of all, back in the JobKeeper days, the employee didn't technically receive it. The employer received it, but was still paying the employee their regular wage. As the name suggests, it was to keep the employee in their job, even if they couldn't attend work because of any imposed restrictions or lockdowns, right? So in a roundabout way, quite a few employees actually got paid to, quote unquote, sit at home and do nothing. Now, of course, it wasn't through any fault of their own, but you know what I mean. So that was what JobKeeper was designed to do. If the employee instead had decided to go on JobSeeker because they got stood down, there was no work left for them and that was it, then the employer could not claim JobKeeper on their behalf because you could only get one or the other and technically in that case, the employee was unemployed, right? So that's what happened there. With JobSaver, the employee is not technically unemployed. However, they are becoming underemployed. So in a case where they can uh, get both JobSaver for the employer and the COVID-19 disaster payment for the employee, I'll take you through an example. How about someone who works full-time hours, 38 hours a week, and receives $1,200 a week? Due to the lockdown restrictions, they have lost 24 hours a week of work and are therefore entitled to apply for the COVID-19 disaster payment to compensate them for those hours lost. So they'll get $750. The employer, though, still has them for 14 hours of that said week. So if you do the math there, 1,200 divide 38 and then times 14, they'll receive $442 for that week from their employer plus the $750 from the COVID-19 disaster payment, which pretty much takes them back up to what they were earning before losing those hours. That's how you can get both. As far as job saver is concerned, the employer will only receive 40% of the $442 that they paid their employee as opposed to 40% of the $1,200 that they paid their employee previously. Okay, so that's how that works. It eliminates the potential to quote-unquote double dip, much like JobKeeper in tandem with JobSeeker also prevented any form of double dipping. But for those who don't employ people, it's pretty black and white. There is definitely no double dipping. You cannot receive both the COVID-19 disaster payment and JobSaver. It is one or the other. So I guess to try and help you out there, if you're a sole trader, you're better off going for the $1,000 a week job saver payment. If your partner's in a partnership and you can demonstrate you both lost hours and it's more better for you to each apply for the COVID-19 disaster payment, then go for that instead of just a flat $1,000 job saver payment. Because remember, it is per business, not per individual. Now, in terms of the evidence that you're required to supply in support of your eligibility... If you're a business that's on the highly impacted industries list that I alerted to earlier in the episode, that is applying for a maximum weekly payment of $10,000 or less, so the original maximum amount that was $10,000 or anything less than that, 
then you only have to declare that you've experienced a decline in turnover of 30% or more. So you won't have to provide evidence of that. Uh, you'll have to declare your employee headcount on the 13th of July, 2021. And if you have employees, declare that you will maintain that headcount or hopefully increase that headcount going forward. Of course, if that number were to drop, you would subsequently let Service New South Wales know. If you don't have employees, you just simply declare that the business is the primary income source for the owner of the business. And then you would also submit an Australian income tax return or other supporting documentation in the absence of it or in addition to it to demonstrate your business had an aggregated annual turnover of between $75,000 and $250 million in the year ended 30th of June 2020 or an equivalent alternative if you were not in full operation for that year or had other reasons to uh, state that that particular period does not suit your application. You would also provide details of your qualified accountant, registered tax agent or registered BAS agent for any future compliance checking and then provide evidence of how the weekly payroll amount was calculated. So there are four different ways with which you can do this. Now for businesses that submit a BAS with a W1 amount, that's your wages and salaries, this is the easiest way. All you got to do is provide your most recently lodged BAS with the ATO prior to the 26th of June 2021 that falls within the 2021 financial year. Now, assuming that you are up to date, and I'm sure you are, if you're a monthly Bass Lodger, it will be your May 2021 Bass. If you're a quarterly Bass Lodger, it will be your March quarter 2021 Bass, so January to March 2021. If you're an annual Bass Lodger, so you do an annual GST return, then unfortunately you're going to come a bit unstuck here because... Your most recent one prior to the 26th of June 2021 will be your 2020 financial year annual GST return. You won't have something for the 2021 financial year. So you'll have to look at an alternative way of being able to provide weekly payroll evidence. But don't fret, there are three other alternatives. Second one, for businesses that submit a BAS without a W1 amount then you can provide your 2020 New South Wales payroll tax reconciliation return and copies of the payroll reports that are filed with the ATO using single touch payroll. After, of course, redacting all personally identifiable information, including your employees, names, addresses, tax file numbers, and the like. Because all they would need would be the effective date, the branch ID, submission ID, event type, gross payments, and pay-as-you-go withholding, from the single touch payroll information, nothing else. Now, for businesses that don't submit a BAS at all, then you would just need copies of the payroll reports under single touch payroll. And for businesses that don't submit a BAS or any payroll reports using single touch payroll, so it will pretty much only be businesses that only employ what are known as closely held employees, so family members or associates, for example, that are not required to go through the STP process, well, they weren't required up until the 30th of June 2021. Since the 1st of July, they have since been required. Then you need to contact Service New South Wales and discuss an alternative way to provide that evidence. Now, for those businesses that are not on the highly impacted industries list, or any business, no matter whether they're on that list or not, that is applying for a payment of more than 
you will need to supply evidence through a letter from a qualified accountant, registered tax agent or registered BAS agent that you have experienced a decline in turnover of 30% or more. Now, if you applied for the COVID-19 business grant prior and submitted a letter from an accountant, tax agent or BAS agent for that payment, you can use the same letter this time round. Okay, so they are allowing you to resubmit the same letter. Now, what if you're an accounting business that's experienced a 30% or more decline in turnover? Can you literally write your own ticket and submit that as evidence to Service New South Wales? Well, in the case of those who operate themselves and don't employ anyone, computer says no. Non-employing accounting businesses, for example, your sole traders or sole director companies, need to go externally and find an independent accountant, tax agent or BAS agent to write the letter on their behalf. So they can't be an employee or director of the business, an associated entity of the business or a director or employee of an associated entity of the business. Now, an employee in this term, from the way I interpret it, would be, say, you operate a company structure and you as the director draw wages from it as an employee. That would be considered an employee of the business who is not allowed to write a letter. Now, it says nothing in the guidelines on employing accounting businesses to submit a letter from someone who's external. So, in that case, you probably could potentially just get one of your employees who is a qualified accountant, registered tax agent or BAS agent to write the letter on the company's behalf. Now, don't quote me on that because... I haven't seen it in the guidelines, so I can't say with 100% confidence that that's true. You're better off contacting Service New South Wales to find out whether or not, in your case, you are an employing accounting business. So you do have other accountants who you employ, and you could cherry pick any one of them to write the letter for you. You can't write the letter yourself, but you may be able to get one of your employees who has their own qualifications under these guidelines to write the letter for you. You may be allowed to do that, but I'm not going to say you can straight up. Best off that you contact Service New South Wales for clarification because, fair to say, it hasn't been clearly defined in the guidelines. It's only for non-employing accounting businesses. So again, sole traders or sole director companies. So quite a unique quirk, that one, and one that I really wanted to highlight for our accounting brethren over across the border. Now, the rest of the evidence criteria is exactly the same as it is for highly impacted industry businesses who are looking to get less than 10000 a week, so no need to repeat any of those. So let's move on now to the application process itself. And once again, you'll log into your Service New South Wales account if you have already got one. If you don't, you can create one on the spot. If you already had one previously and you've already uploaded your Medicare and driver's license details, you won't have to re-upload those again. All you'll need to do is tick a box that confirms to Service New South Wales that you allow them to verify the details that are already on file. They'll do their little quick check in a few seconds. They'll spit out that everything's all good to go and you can proceed. So then you get to the details page and all you need to add here are your phone number details and your residential address. Now, the phone number will already have the Australian international prefix of plus six one locked in. So when you put your phone number in, whether it's your mobile or landline, you drop the zero 
and put the other nine digits in. So for example, mobile number 0419, whatever it is, drop the zero and just put 419 and then the digits accordingly. Then you move on to your business eligibility. Is your business any of the following? Receiving the Australian government COVID-19 disaster payment, an Australian government agency, a local governing body, wholly owned by an Australian government agency or local governing body, a sovereign entity or owned by a sovereign entity or an entity with passive income such as superannuation or land income. If you answer yes to that, that's the end of your journey. Turn around, go home. So you've got to answer no in order to continue on. So the next page is all about your business details. So you enter either your 11-digit ABN or if you have an ACN, you can put that nine-digit ACN in as well. And then you put in your New South Wales-based street address. Now, important that it is a street address, not a post office box. That'll get rejected straight away. And obviously, it has to be a New South Wales address. If it was from any other state, you can click that red button down the bottom all you want. The computer will say no, and it will keep on chewing you up and spitting you out. So, must be a New South Wales address, okay? Then, does your business employ a qualified accountant, registered tax agent, or registered BAS agent? So a bit like the COVID-19 business payment. You can select yes or no accordingly, and you would assume it has to be, if you say yes, then it's someone you actually employ as opposed to someone you engage externally to look after your financials, tax returns, business advice, and so forth. So you'd say no in that case, but if you were to say yes, you then have the option of putting down the name, phone number, and registration number, so tax agent or BAS agent. These are optional though, so unlike the previous application for the COVID-19 business grant, you don't have to put those details in in order to continue. Next, you'll be asked if the business is related to any other businesses. Now, it doesn't matter if you say yes or no here, you can still proceed with the application. However, of course, you need to be true and honest with what you do say. So if you are related to any other businesses, so you've got a holding company and subsidiary or subsidiaries of the same holding company, then you would say yes accordingly. If none of that applies, then just say no. Moving on, was your business's annual turnover between $75,000 and $250 million in the financial year ending 30th of June 2020? Now, don't fret if the answer is no because you won't get the big nasty red message saying you are not eligible. Turn around, go home, see you later. You will be able to proceed because remember, you may not have been in business for the full financial year of 2020 you may have only just been established in 2021, as long as it was before the 1st of June, you do have other ways of proving that you meet the turnover threshold. So don't stress if you say no to this question. Now, if you do say yes, then the little blue message down the bottom will apply that you'll need to submit your Australian income tax return and associated notice of assessment for the 2020 financial year at the end of the application. Next question, has your business had a decline in turnover of at least 30%? Now, you don't need to listen to me to work out what the answer to that one is, so you know what to click. Move on. Then you will be asked to enter the numbers to demonstrate that decline in turnover. So the first box, please enter your turnover for a minimum two-week period after the 26th of June 2021. So remember, it can be... 14 days, could be 21 days, however long it needs to be to demonstrate you've experienced that decline. 
since the 26th of June 2021. It doesn't have to be from that date. It can be the 21st of July up until now if you want it to be. Or if you think that, you know, sadly things are going to get a bit worse as we go along, well, you've got until the end of this month at the very least when the lockdown's meant to end or if it does go into September, you can choose a period in September. Whatever you want to do, as long as it is a minimum of 14 consecutive days, so two consecutive weeks. Then you will compare that with the same period two years ago, the same period a year ago, or the two weeks immediately before the lockdown. Once again, from the 12th of June to the 25th of June. Next question. Can you provide a letter from one of the following? A qualified accountant, a registered tax agent, or a registered BAS agent as defined in the relevant laws? Now, if you say no to this, it's not the end of the world. What you'll see is a blue message that'll pop up that says this may cause a delay. If you do not provide a letter from an accountant, tax agent, or BAS agent, this may cause a longer processing time for your application. So if you say yes to this, then you'll be asked to provide said letter. Now, you can obtain the template from the Service New South Wales website and get the accountant to put their letterhead and the relevant figures and other information accordingly in the letter. Or, of course, they can draw up their own version of it. Now, does your business have any employees? If you say yes, you'll be asked to provide your headcount. Has your employee headcount changed since the 13th of July 2021? If you say no, good. If you say yes, then you will provide the new number accordingly. Of course, bear in mind that if that number is lower than what your headcount at the 13th of July 2021 was, then you may be required to tell Service New South Wales why that is the case. So, moving on, what is your average weekly payroll amount? So, how do you calculate it? They give you a little bit of a step-by-step -step process here. You start with the figure returned at W1 in your BAS. If needed, adjust it to include only New South Wales payroll amounts. Divide this New South Wales figure by the number of days in the PAYG tax withheld period, and then multiply by seven. Enter that amount in the box. So say, for example, it's $15,000 a week. Based on the details you've provided, your business may be eligible for a fortnightly payment of up to $12,000. Now, we've been talking in terms of how much a week you're going to get. This may suggest that you will receive the payments fortnightly. So just a heads up there. Now, that may not be the case. You might get the payments weekly, but according to the application, it may suggest that you do receive the payments fortnightly. So it is 6000 a week in this example, but based on the way that the application calculated your entitlement, the pay cycle may very well be fortnightly. So you could receive 12000 a fortnight as opposed to 6000 a week. So just be mindful of that and check your bank account accordingly to see how frequent those payments come through. Now, if you said no to that question, does your business have any employees? A little blue message pops up and says, based on your circumstances, your business may be eligible for a fortnightly payment of $2,000. So maybe the pay cycle is fortnightly and not weekly. So once again, check your bank account accordingly. And also, just a heads up there, for if you do answer no to that question, this business must be your primary source of income. Of course, be prepared to verify that if asked. Then moving on to where you upload your documents. So you start off with the proof that your business is located in New South Wales. So just like the COVID-19 business grant, either council rates or commercial lease agreement or a combination of utility bills, insurance papers, supply invoices, registration papers or contractor licenses. 
Then you upload your Australian income tax return and notice of assessment for the year ending 30th of June 2020. If you don't have that, then there are alternative forms of evidence that you can upload in that section. Then you upload your BAS, your most recent one in the 2020-2021 financial year before the 26th of June 2021 or an alternative form of evidence as covered earlier. Letter from your accountant, tax agent or BAS agent goes in the next section. And then finally, a letter of authority. So this is a letter signed by an associate listed with the ABN in the Australian Business Register. And it should show that you're authorised to act on behalf of the business. So in the case of a company, the director would write just a little letter and sign off on it to say, I am authorised to act. If you're a sole trader, well, that's a little bit stupid, isn't it? Well, that's my opinion. But anyway, still just write a quick little letter to say that you are authorised to act on behalf of yourself. Simple as that. Okay, on the home stretch now, and the best part of the whole application, your bank details for the payments to go into. Account name, BSB, account number. Nice and straightforward. And you're at the end, review and declaration. So go back through and check all your answers accordingly. If you've got to go back and make changes, there is a little back link at the top. And then you tick all the confirmation boxes, so the same terms and conditions, adherences and everything like the COVID-19 business grant. And then click confirm and submit application. And finally, applications close at 11.59pm on the 18th of October, 2021. Well, I mentioned last week in the Victorian Business Support episode that it felt like running a decathlon, given how long that episode was. It went for an hour. Well, we've hit the hour mark now. In fact, we've gone well past it. And we've still got one more major grant to look at. So what event do you call this then? The Le Mans 24-hour race? <laughs> anyway, thanks for hanging in there. We haven't got too much longer to go, I promise you. So the final grant that I'll be talking about is the micro-business grant. Now in Victoria, micro-businesses that earned less than $75,000 and were not registered for GST were effectively forgotten about. It was almost like they didn't exist when it came to business grant funding. They were told, oh, well, bad luck back in May and June and... Now they've said, well, you've got the COVID-19 disaster payment, go for your life. Well, it wasn't the case in New South Wales back in mid-July. The New South Wales Treasurer, Dominic Perrottet, said he had your back and he promised with this announcement. Uh, we're also providing support for micro-businesses as part of the package today. Uh, those businesses with a turnover of less than 75000 but greater than $30,000 um, will have received a turnover reduction of 30%. Uh, during this period of time will receive a payment of $1,500 uh, per fortnight uh, starting from week one of the lockdown period um, until the completion. Okay, just a slight disclaimer there and a tiny apology. Uh, not all micro-businesses are eligible for this grant. Those, of course, who earn less than $30,000 fall out completely. So their only option would then be the COVID-19 disaster payment which is probably not all that bad now, considering that that payment now is the equivalent of what the micro-business grant is anyway. 750 a week versus 1,500 a fortnight, do the math, it's exactly the same. So you haven't really lost out. But for the period from the 26th of June up until those payments became 750 a week, this micro-business grant was more favourable. So if you earn less than 30,000, you'll be probably kicking and screaming a bit for that particular period. Now, not so much. But anyway, I digress. 
The eligibility criteria is pretty much the same as it is for JobSaver, so no need to really go through all of that again. However, the only difference here is that you cannot have applied for either the COVID-19 business grant or the JobSaver scheme. So make sure you haven't applied for any of those if you want to get this one, because this grant has been running ever since the start of the COVID-19 business grant, which ran before JobSaver, of course. So be mindful of that. Now, the evidence requirements are not too dissimilar to the COVID-19 business grant or JobSaver, but there are a few distinct differences. So I'll take you through the lot. So eligible businesses applying for this grant are required to declare that they experienced a decline in turnover of 30% or more. So we understand that part. If they're not on the highly impacted industries list, they must also submit evidence of this decline in turnover in the form of either a letter from a qualified accountant, registered tax agent or BAS agent, so that's similar to before, a business bank account statement separate from any personal account, so that's distinctly different, or a profit and loss statement from an accounting software and an annotated personal bank statement. That's also distinctly different from JobSaver and the COVID-19 business grant. You also need to submit evidence that you had an aggregated annual turnover of more than $30,000 and less than $75,000 for the year ended 30th of June 2020, either by an accountant's letter, a BAS, a bank account statement, separate from personal accounts, very important, an Australian tax return, which you can choose to redact or hide your tax file number, or a profit and loss statement from an accounting software for a minimum three-month period during the 2019 and 2020 financial year, and one of the following documents to accompany that. An annotated personal bank statement for the same minimum three-month period or a 2020 personal income tax return. Same, again, with regards to maintaining headcount. If you've got employees or if you don't, make sure you declare that this business is your primary source of income and lodge any other supporting documents as required to demonstrate that you meet the eligibility criteria. So let's jump straight into the application process. Now, this is very similar to the COVID-19 business grant application process. It's structured pretty much the same way. So if you want to listen to the full step-by-step -step details of the application process, go back earlier in the episode to the COVID-19 business grant section because, well, due to time constraints, I won't repeat myself in length here. But I will touch on the odd difference or two, including the question on step two, is your business currently receiving the Australian government COVID-19 disaster payment? You say yes to this, you'll get the big red flag. Sorry, we can't process with the application. So say no to that in order to continue on. At the top of step three, if you say no to the question during the 26th of June 2021 to the 28th of August 2021, did your business experience a decline in turnover of at least 30%, Another question will pop up asking you, has your business suffered a decline in turnover of at least 30% or more in comparison to a similar period of at least two weeks? If you say yes to that, then you'll be able to pull the nose back up, so to speak, and keep going. If you say no to both questions, then sadly the plane crashes and that's all she wrote. Now, the rest of the application is exactly the same as it is for the COVID-19 business grant, so pretty straightforward to go through the rest of that. And just a reminder that applications close at 11.59pm on the 18th of October 2021. So the exact same deadline as for JobSaver.
Ooh, I'm nearly there. I'm nearly ready to bid farewell for another episode and play the music to see me on out of here. But just a couple of more minutes is all I need of your time to fully wrap everything up because there are a couple of important things I want to address to you and trust me, you'll want to hear them. Now, in and amongst all of the business support that's been announced for New South Wales in recent weeks, there is a little something that's just hidden away, just tucked away in the back pocket, so to speak, and that's the small business fees and charges rebate for New South Wales sole traders, small businesses, and not-for-profits. And this little rebate offsets the costs of eligible New South Wales and local government fees and charges that are due and paid from the 1st of March 2021. Now, the list includes, but is not limited to, food authority licences, liquor licences, tradesperson licences, event fees, outdoor seating fees, and council rates. Now, there's no turnover threshold, there's no decline in turnover that you need to demonstrate. The only criteria when it comes to thresholds and the like is that your total Australian wages needs to be below the New South Wales government's 2021 payroll tax threshold of $1.2 million. That's it. Okay? And of course, you also need to make sure your ABN is registered in New South Wales and or your business premises is physically located and operating in New South Wales. Now, you can only claim one rebate per eligible ABN. However, you can make multiple applications until the full $1,500 rebate amount is exhausted. Now, you need the following to be able to apply, a MyService New South Wales account, proof of identity, valid ABN or ACN, bank details for payment, and most importantly, invoices and receipts that show payment of the eligible fees and charges. A pretty simple application, this one. And you've got quite a while to make your application or applications up to the $1,500 maximum. They close on the 30th of June, 2022. And last but certainly not least, I have the official ruling on the tax status of the COVID-19 disaster payment. Strap yourselves in and get ready for this ride. The Treasury Laws Amendment COVID-19 Economic Response Number 2 Bill 2021 finally passed both houses without amendment on Monday, the 9th of August, after the Senate agreed not to insist on a transparency measure which would have forced businesses to disclose how much they have received in JobKeeper wage subsidies. That's a little win too, isn't it? But anyway, under the new law, COVID-19 disaster payments dating back to its introduction on the 3rd of June will now be non-accessible, non-exempt income. What does that mean? Tax-free. You don't pay tax on it. You don't put it in your tax return. Bank the money and enjoy it. You deserve it. Now, if you have already lodged your 2021 tax return and you disclosed the COVID-19 disaster payment in there, the tax office has invited you to amend your return. Unfortunately, they won't do it for you. They're saying to you, that's all right, you can do it again, that's fine. So you can go back, amend your tax return and take that payment out completely. So that could well mean a bigger refund for you. Congratulations, Australia. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I just had to take a quick swig of water there because I feel so parched after getting through one hour and 11 minutes of New South Wales business support content. But hey, I enjoyed every single second of it. 
And I hope you got plenty out of that as well, because that's what we're here for at Southern Cross Business Advisors, to educate, to train, to enlighten, and to fulfill all of our clients' needs. So, if you have any more inquiries or need any assistance with your application, feel free to give us a call on 03-5018-6444. Drop us an email, admin at scba.com.au. Check out our website at www.scba.com.au. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, Shooting for the Stars, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, The Podcast Index, and rss.com. And as always... Our clients all have life goals and we're here to help them identify and achieve them. Goodbye.